0: You are about to listen to a message from Dan Moeller, a personal friend and family member of Rock City Church in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. Dan has an intense passion to see the body of Christ walk in their identity, know the love that God has for them, and then properly show that love to everyone that they encounter. So prepare yourself to be inspired and motivated to be more like Jesus and to love like He loves to everyone that you encounter.
1: Amen. It's good to be here. Thanks for letting me come and inviting me. And it's first time in Corpus Christi. It's beautiful. I got off the plane. I came from like 15 degrees and got off the plane and said, wow, it's really warm. So, and this is probably chilly for you. This is like, no, you, you guys are doing good right now, aren't you? So, uh, man, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I don't normally do this, usually I just jump in and roll, but I feel this in my heart, so we're just going to do it. You took the time to come, and I flew all the way here. You personally, right now, as I take my time and do this, you ask Holy Spirit to speak to your own heart. Just open yourself up to Him, tell Him, talk to Jesus. Don't just come to check me out or to hear what i got to say. You talk to the Lord right now and just say, hey, I'm here, be personal with me, father me, speak to me. My heart's before you, Lord. Would you do that? Learn to get personal with the Lord. Come on, he'll never become real and we'll never get to know him if we don't go to him like we do our friends and family and parents and children. So be real right now. Just talk to him. Take a minute. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Father, I thank you for your amazing love. Lord Jesus, thank you for the cross. We just ask you to have your way all weekend long. Speak to our hearts. Edify, encourage. Lay a foundation so solid in every one of us, Lord God, that there'd be no turning, shifting or moving. Make us solid like you're solid, no turning or shifting of shadow. Unmovable, unshakable, Lord God, let truth be established in our hearts. Let us see it clear. God, I ask for grace to speak in a line that would affirm and edify and help establish everything that's been poured out in this house. And I just ask to be a confirming voice and even something that would help solidify and, and help make rock solid. What you've been doing. And I thank you for the honor to co-labor with you. To just have fun with you. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, man, you just go with your heart. I have felt to do that in my heart. And, and uh, that personal thing with the Lord. Listen, I share it all the time. I've, 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 I've got a neighbor next door that I've been at my house for 30 years. So she's been there the whole time. She lost her husband a year after we moved in. And... Uh, So for 29 years, she didn't have her husband there, but she had us. And uh, I travel every weekend and stuff, but uh, when her grass needs cut, I cut it because I want to. I get up and clean her gutters out. I trim her hedges, and she just knows that I'm going to take care of her, and I like it. I just do. I like it a lot. When it snows, I shovel all hers along with mine. And... uh, It's just called loving your neighbor. But here's the thing, and this isn't a deep thought to catch. It's obvious when you say it, but it's profound in the way it works out. Like I've lived there long enough to observe her, to be around her, to know enough about her, I could stand here and probably talk for 15, 20 minutes about her and be right on. I could tell you she has to love red because everything she wears is red. When she used to drive, that car was red. I can tell you that she leaves on Friday and someone picks her up. When she comes back, her hair looks nice, so I know where she was. See, I know she likes McDonald's coffee because she'll go in the morning early, a couple times a week, and come back, she has that little coffee cup with the M on it. And, uh, but here's the deal. Until I go over and knock on her door and look her in the eyes and say, Hello, my name is Dan. And she looks me in the eyes and says, Hi, my name is Ann. I really don't know her. She's my neighbor. She's right beside me. I could be around her long enough, observe her long enough that I could talk about her some and be right. But Until I look her in the eyes and meet her, I can't tell you I'm beginning to know her. That's exactly how it is with Jesus, guys. Don't ever be settled just hanging around him or around even his people. Don't draw your identity from what he's doing in others. Don't just be a part of something. Get to know him and be in him and be one with him. When nobody's looking, talk to him like he's right in the room. Because you're one of two things. You're either crazy and ought to get a life, or he's right there. I love those odds. I do. There's no middle ground. You're either whacked and wasting your time. Or he's right there. Yeah. And you say, well, it doesn't always feel real. Well, it doesn't seem like... Well, yeah. Shh. Come on, the just live by faith. Adam got separated from what he was created to be and became a sensual being, not a spiritual being. I love living by faith because it separates me from sensuality, separates me from how it feels and doesn't feel, and, and puts me in the, in, the, in the confidence of what I know inside. I know he's in the room. I believe he's there. He said he would be. And if I can't trust that, I can't trust anything. So I'm starting somewhere. I'm getting alone. I'm closing the door in secret. And he who is in secret, he's going to see me there. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to reward me in the... He's not talking about full vats and full barns. He's talking about the expression of what I'm seeking. I'm seeking him there. What's my reward in the open? Him. What's it all about? People seeing Him letting your light so shine before men without trying and being evangelistic and biting your lip. Just being lit up. Just being lit up. Just loving who He is in you. Yeah? Yeah. Not trying to evangelize. Just being lit up, being alive. Why? Because you've been with Him. Yeah? So, So everything, whatever I say this weekend... Everything I say, the priority of my heart is that you be with him. Nothing compares to your ability. By his grace, he's opened the door through his son, through his blood. Nothing compares to your ability to be with him. Getting a word of knowledge, a prophetic utterance, seeing person healed, that's all awesome. But I promise you, being with him is your greatest privilege. Let's not miss the greatest privilege that he's given. So I'm just, I'm, I'm going to let it go now for a little. It'll be tied into everything I say, though. Be with him. Okay? Listen, if you're intimate long enough, somebody's getting pregnant. And at, yeah, yeah. So see, if you look at me in the spirit right now, I'm probably like this. And and what I'm about to give birth to is going to look like it's father. See, it's not weird. It's spiritual. You're with him. And then what comes out of your life starts looking like him. Don't just go to him for blessing. Don't just go to him just for the needs of your family. Don't just go to him for a better job. Go to him to know him. Go to Him to begin to understand and see His love for you, and understand the Word and and your place and why He really sent His Son and what it don't. Let's just not let Him be the one that meets our surface, natural, physical needs, but the one that fills our heart to the full, Amen. the one that teaches me who I really am in Him, so that out of the security and strength of my life, I can live my life towards others. I'm not waking up needing so many things from you that you're set up to fail me. Or I'm set up to be disappointed. But all of a sudden, I'm fulfilled in him. And I'm finally positioned to love you, not need you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, we need each other to run this race, an army rising up, cover the earth with his glory. I get that. There's no island by themselves. But I don't ever need you to know who I am in him. I found that through him. And now I got a way better look at you. Now I realize who you are in my life. Because the day I just need you. I'm only as good as you're doing me. But the day I'm fulfilled in him is the day I'm free to finally love you. And be in your life what he's been in mine. You guys good with that? Yes. I know we think we need to encourage each other so much and stuff. And, and I understand if God puts it in our heart, do it. But when it becomes our leadership meeting stuff, and make sure you do this so people stay encouraged, there's something missing this way if I constantly need you to cheer me on. Somewhere I'm letting life speak louder than truth. When it's truth that makes me free. Somewhere I'm letting what I'm going through define who I am instead of what he went through. Yeah. Telling me who the real me is. So I'm just going to be frank and right out of the gate and be bold with this this evening, okay? I'm just going to say this like I heard it in my heart. And I, I say this, as it's not the first time I've ever said this, but I don't always just shoot out with something like this. But if we're Christians for ourselves and we're Christians for what God can do for us, we're probably going to be disappointed or maybe already are. We're Christians for his great name. We're Christians for his image. We're Christians for his heart and his nature. We're Christians to shine in the earth and let the earth be filled with his glory. We're Christians to be one with him, to become everything that he designed and created us to be from the beginning. So we've preached, I'm not saying here, in this country at large, the body of Christ has heard a very self-serving message from the Lord, and there's a lot of discouraged people that go to church. They wonder where God's been, why didn't he this, I prayed and prayed, how come he? And it reveals to me that we haven't preached a clear message of why we're born again. Even a meeting like this, the priority in my heart, you just need to know as a guest speaker, isn't, isn't the priority isn't to see what God does tonight. For us. The priority is how can he make us more like him? You guys with me? Okay, so let me nutshell it. I know this fella I met today and shared his heart a little bit, talks and goes back to the beginning a lot. That's the first thing he expressed. And I love that because. How do you know what's, if you don't go back to the beginning, if you don't see how this thing kicked off, how can you really understand a thing now? You got to make sense of it by going back to the beginning. You got to look. So in the beginning, I'm just going to be real simple and basic with you tonight. In the beginning, God said, let us make man in our image. It's Genesis 1.26. Let us make man in our image. There's a lot we can break down and talk about and whole us. And I'm just being real general right now because you'll get this. In the beginning, let us make man in our image. Who's talking in Genesis 1:26? What's he talking about doing? Making man. So I didn't come from a mud puddle. I didn't come from a whatever. God said one day, let us make man. And he didn't just say, let us make man. He said, let us make man in our image. The next verse says, so God created man in his own image, in his own likeness. He created man both male and female. Third time he says it, in his image. He created them. Isn't that amazing? So it sounds like the image of God, the person of God, the likeness of God is the motive behind and the, and the foundation behind the creating of man. So man may... Made, was made for God's image, man wasn't made for himself. Man wasn't made just to live out his own dreams, to have a family, a good IRA, and pass on an inheritance. The reason he's on the earth is to look like his father. Like if you read the Bible, the reason man's on the earth is to be like him. We've been so taught that we're so far from Him that we can't be anywhere near like Him, but we miss that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead comes to live once again inside of us. We tend to relate to our own experiences, our own failures, our own cycles, our own stuff, and I get concerned that sometimes we don't allow the grace that He paid for, the grace that's available to come and work. And make a masterpiece out of our lives and do something special. Because see, we tend to follow ourselves and one another instead of follow him. So if I see it in his life, I can see it in mine because of the person of Holy Spirit. You guys with me? Come on, don't say, well yeah, but the heart is always evil. I got a new heart. That used to be my heart. I got born again. Yeah, but brother, nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to sin. Everybody's going. And all of a sudden, we're selling cheap again to sin when he bought us out of it. He told us to reckon ourselves dead to sin, not boast in our common ability to fail. Yeah, that's right. yeah, come on, <laughs> Romans 6, reckon yourself dead indeed to sin. That doesn't sound like, well, brother, we're never going to be perfect. We're always going to have our moments. And then we sell grace short, make excuses for our flesh and guarantee tomorrow's always yesterday. And never take account for our hearts and have true conviction because we believe it's who we are. So men can go to church and stay the same. And it's all about change. Man, this thing is good news. I don't have to stay the same. I don't have to look at you through judgment and presumption and projection anymore. I don't have to live in first impression anymore. I can look at you and see what you were created to be from the beginning through the Word of God and by the Spirit of God in me. I don't have to read a book by the cover. I already see you through the sun. I don't have to wait and figure you out. I already know who you are. There's a time to be born. And whether you know it or not, you're His choice and you're here and you're the will of God. Praise God. And whether you know it or not, I do. And I'm going to treat you that way and live that way towards you. Why? Because I did something when I got saved. I didn't receive Jesus in my heart. I gave him my life. And I denied myself, and I'm picking up my cross, and I'm following him. Isn't it amazing how Jesus said, if any man, which I love that, David. If any man, that means everybody everybody's in. If any man, any woman would come after me, let him first, what? Why is that first? Because if you look at the beginning, you were never made for yourself, you were made for his image. So what's the biggest problem on the planet? Each other or the devil? Man living for himself. Man could do ministry for himself. Man could do church for himself. Man could lead worship for himself. You can do a lot of things for yourself and it even look like God and come from the wrong places. That's why there's fights among us. That's why there's dissensions sometimes. This man's living carnal in the name of the Lord. Paul talks about it to the Corinthians. Look, I didn't come here to spank you and tell you what you're not. I came here to tell you who you are. I'm not saying you're doing it. Just because a preacher talks about something in a church doesn't mean it's in the room. It means don't ever let it be in the room. Come on. Come on, you can find your identity through so many things. And the thing is that every man's trying to find an identity whether he realizes or not. Why? Because the day Adam ate the tree was the day he surely died. So everything he was created to be and was intended to be died in that moment, but never died in the vision of God. But it died in the man, and he got cut off from love and the source of love. But God never cut off loving him. For God so loved. So what happened to Adam? Everything he was created to be died and was lost through sin. And every man since then was born into Adam, and you must be? And again, somehow we've turned that into a prayer that caters to us and takes us to heaven and forgives us instead of transforms us. Come on, (laughs) I feel happy right now because here's the deal. Here's the deal I'm 20 years living this thing, I'm very excited about it. I calm down to communicate it. No, I'm serious, I'm serious. 20 years, not 20 months. You think we all haven't experienced life in the last 20 years? Come on. Do you think everybody's made great and perfect decisions around us? Come on, none of that has to do with who you are in Him. None of it. So don't let it ever matter more if it doesn't matter most. You guys with me? Come on, if I'm discouraged, be real with me. Let me challenge your hearts. If I'm discouraged, who's my focus on? Me and how the thing is affecting me personally. Problem. Big problem. So all of a sudden I realize through the scripture I can absolutely live and never be discouraged. And we think that's an overstatement. It's the absolute truth. (laughs) Hebrews 12.3 says, consider him. Jesus, consider him after he says he's the author and finisher of our faith, and we should look unto him, that for the joy set before him, he went through the, right? The cross and the shame. For consider him, who did not consider himself, can think of his own self, when he was sinned against by others. He considered not himself. Least you be weary And discouraged in your souls. Let me show you what Jesus would look like in that scenario, carrying the cross. I just can't take it anymore, Father. Enough is enough. Look at me. Enough is enough. Haven't I done good to these people? Haven't I healed them and fed them and raised their dead? Haven't I preached your truth to them? Come on. If they didn't believe by now, they're not going to believe and I don't know why we care. Look at me. Why would they do this to me at this point? God, I'm done. I'm not going to that cross. That's called considering yourself. He didn't know how to do that. Because he loved not his own life unto death, and love doesn't consider itself. I love you. But don't ever do me wrong. I love you. Do you love me? Love you. Come on, guys. Love doesn't seek its own. That's why he never said a word. That's why he didn't change his mind. That's why he can't change his mind. That's why love never fails. Because love's not living for himself. It's living for the highest sake of another. It's laying down its life to bring the best out in all. Jesus doesn't know how to put down the cross. He just knows how to hang on it to bring us back from the dead. I mean, this is a gospel that is good news. Now, now, do you think he did that just to forgive our sin and take us to heaven someday? Do you think he did that just so we can get better jobs and pay raises and full vats and barns and a good kickback on our giving? Or do you think he did that to restore destiny and purpose and legacy and created value, get his life back inside of us so we can live from his heart and look through his eyes? Yeah? I bet you. I'll bet you Matthew 18 says he came to save that, not who. That which was lost. He's not talking about a person. He's talking about something. Now, talk about a drunk in the back half. came to seek and save that which was lost. What was lost? Your creative value, your destiny, and your purpose. When the image died, everything about man died. And he became a shadow and just a form of what he was created to be. So Jesus comes and gets marred beyond description, according to Isaiah 52, and beat and pummeled more than any of the sons of men. Why? had to lose his appearance to pay the price to get ours back. He got disfigured and disarrayed in such a way that when you'd look at him, you couldn't tell it was him. Why? Because when sin got done with Adam, he didn't look anything like he was created to be. So Jesus got completely annihilated. The Bible says his visage Was complete. He was marred more than any of the sons of men. That means he looked worse at the hands of men when they were done than any man was ever left at the hands of men. Talk about love, man. Now, do you think he did that because we're a bunch of sinners? Or do you think he did that because we have destiny that was lost? Do you think Jesus died on the cross because we're a bunch of sinners or because we're a bunch of lost sons and daughters that have destiny? Do you think it's just about the depravity of man or is it about the value and destiny of man and the heritage of the Lord in man? That ought to humble us. That ought to cause us to repent. Some preachers are afraid to preach this because they think there's no repentance. Are you kidding me? The goodness of God leads me to change. Duh, what was I thinking? Wake up and live for me now that I see this? Have people issues later today or tomorrow now that I see this? Not a chance, friend. (laughs) It's too late. Look, you don't have to do me right. It's not contingent on you. It's contingent on this unfailing love that has changed me forever. Forever. And if you live and conduct your life that way towards me, I ought to cry for you, not get mad at you, because it proves you don't see clear what's to be seen. Why is it so easy to cry because of one another instead of cry for one another? Because we've been thinking for ourselves all along the way. Because man became a god unto himself when the image was lost. So God put his spirit back in us to restore that truth. So we could all be sons and daughters again and let our light so shine before men that they see our lives lived and glorify the Father. So it's not time to say, Yeah, but brother, you don't know what I'm going through. See, that's that's a psychological backout, that's a sellout, that's a cop-out. You don't understand, I'm not being insensitive. Here's the point. If it was about what all of us are going through, then we have to go through the room to see who's going through the most hell, and then all we can do is <laughs> sympathize and be glad it's not us. And then we sing how it's all about heaven on the earth. (laughs) See, we get totally confused because we're so busy sympathizing with ourselves because it's been all about ourselves. See, it's not about, well, brother, you don't know what I'm going through because it's, wait, what about what he went through? What about what he went through? Does that matter? What he went through, does that matter? Being totally innocent, completely pure. Suffering on a cross between two thieves. Looking cursed and forsaken. Complete, perfect love. Like a sheep to the slaughter without a word. Why? To put the beauty of who he is back inside of us. Not so we can claim eternal life. But to put his spirit inside of us which is eternal life. (sighs) Let's not miss this thing. It's not some charity's hand. He's not shun hell and gain heaven. Are you kidding me? I never use heaven and hell as the motivation to get somebody. You can't even turn your heart. Then you're coming to God for what he can do for you instead of the beauty of who he is. Man, the gospel revs me up. Why? Because for 33 years I woke up for me and didn't even like me. I needed you to like me to feel good about myself so i tried to get your attention get your laughs get your compliments and they were riding high it's just like an addiction then you you know you're doing good for a while but they got to keep coming come on everyone in this room young and old alike knows what i'm talking about from the time you can remember you wanted to be valued accepted encouraged complimented And we don't understand what's happening, so we try to keep that process going and think that we're just supposed to protect everybody by trying to tell each other good things. No, why not the truth? It's just, wait a minute, it's not about any of that. Because the thing is, we're trying to find ourselves. And whether you admit it or not, something is deciding you and fashioning you what you've been through, who said what, who didn't say what, what happened, what didn't happen. It all has a loud voice in our lives because we're always telling our story and our past and what happened. But our story is in him. And the truth is in him. Your identity's in Him. See, don't you understand that when we were born into Adam, we were born into a loss of identity. What was love, what was like God and what was love became cut off and in need of love and desperate and alone. Every one of us was born into that and we must be born again and somehow we've turned that into a prayer to go to heaven and get blessing instead of transformation and truth that makes me free. He did not die on the cross so I feel good today. He died on the cross so who he is could live inside of me. Yeah. It's just true. And and when you get that in your heart and you go alone and commune that with him and thank him for that and believe that. And stop waiting to feel better. Just thank Him you're delivered. Thank Him that the Spirit of God lives in you. Start thanking Him. When nobody's around, lift your hands and thank Him that He sees you clean and holy and spotless and above reproach. Because He washed you through the precious blood of Jesus. And you start believing the gospel. And all of a sudden things start changing and your face is unveiled and you realize you have a Father and He loves you. That sure beats getting frustrated with your spouse or angry at your kids or mad at your boss. And then coming up with reasons why it's okay. If Jesus was like that, he'd have never came. He'd have been waiting for you to fix up a little. Shape up a little. Change. He said, I got a better idea. I'll come in the beauty of who God is. When they see me, they'll see the Father. And that truth will change them. Man, I have never bit my lip to change. I haven't tried hard to be a Christian at all. I have just believed the gospel. I'm getting a little flaky, sorry. I've just believed the gospel, and it's enough. All of a sudden, I realize my life's not an accident. I've been trying to get people to like me, and he's loved me all along. And the only reason I felt that insecurity and that need is because I was lost, but now I'm found. I don't need you to think a certain thing. I need to know who I am so I can live confidently with pure motives. No string attached. No hidden agenda. I'll never come and be a part of a church and just serve to get accolade. I'll come and serve because I love. So I can't even be hurt anymore in church. Because my heart's pure and to the pure, all things are pure. And the pure in heart shall see God, not get disappointed in their service. Oh man, I'm preaching so good. I didn't fly all this way to not preach the gospel. Come on guys, too much stuff like that. I'm not saying it's in this house, I'm just saying too much stuff like that I've seen in 20 years. Well, I don't feel like anybody appreciates me. Well, I've been going out of my way. Whoa, 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 stop. Because the trouble is you're going to talk to too many people and you're going to bump into two or three people that feel like you and they'll agree. Yeah. And they'll become your friends, <laughs> your support group, and you'll lick each other's yes. wounds. It's gross. Look, watch the cat. Mm, you'll lick each other's wounds get healed you'll just justify why you're hurt could you picture Jesus and the father having that conversation I don't know why they do that stuff I mean we, from the beginning all we've done is love them I mean yeah I know I don't even know why I came and did what I did I mean I just feel so unappreciated And yeah I know I don't even know why we love them either let's sleep on it no way we don't even slumber I don't know I'm just confused <laughs> See, when you put that conversation in his mouth, it sounds foolish. It ought to be foolish in yours. You're made for his image. Come on. When you're squeezing orange, you expect orange juice it would be weird if it was apple. Why isn't it weird when you squeeze a Christian and get everything but Christ? I'll tell you why it doesn't seem weird. Because we've become Christians for reasons we didn't realize. It's not that we're evil. It's not that we're hypocrites. We didn't understand. So we come to God for blessings. Our marriage is hurting and we want it healed, so we come to God. You don't come to God to get your marriage healed. You come to God to find out who you are so you can finally do justice in your marriage. You come to God to become the person you were created to be so you do justice to every area of your life no matter what page anybody's living on. People come all the time in ministry, pray for my spouse to come back. No, how about if we just pray that you grow closer to Jesus and become more like him than ever before. And when he looks at you and sees himself in you, he has something to bring them back to, not just you crying. Come on, man, I'm just preaching the gospel. Yeah, but nah, I'm not even letting the yell, butt happen. No, come on, you can tell I'm not mad at you. And you can tell I'm not being cynical or critical. If I had you in an office and you were crying over that stuff, I could gently but sharply just put that thing right in your heart. And if there's any lies in there with one swipe, we'll just, you won't even know you were cut. I'm, I'm good with the knife. I'm serious. Come on, it's just these little wrong little motives, these little, see? Because if any man, if any man, any woman come after me, let them first, first, what's first? then why do we preach only about if you die and don't know where you're going and hey, you don't want to go to hell and you don't want judgment judge me, you want heaven and don't you want to live forever? Why do we make it about everything else instead of denying ourselves? Because when you realize it's not about you, it's about his image in you, it changes everything. Yes, it everything. You don't even, you challenge yourself in every discouragement. You challenge yourself in depression. You challenge yourself in anxiety and fear and frustration and anger. And you say, wait a minute. And the Spirit of God in you is going, warning, warning. <laughs> Instead of, well, you don't know what they did to me. Well, that just makes me mad. Well, how would you feel if you were in my shoes? See, heaven's not talking like that. And his will be done on earth as it is in Heaven, we always make that miracles, but what about the heart of God? No bitterness, no offense, no anger, no backbiting in heaven. It shouldn't be in the church. It doesn't have to be. I promise you it doesn't have to be. I'm going to be bold and I'm going to say it like I believe it. You can live and be unoffended. You can live and not be angry. You can live and not be discouraged in your Christian life by the truth, by the person of Holy Spirit, because you're sincere, you mean business, and you want to. And if you slip into any of those things, you don't get condemned and fall back and put on fig leaves and hide. You run to God and become wiser and sharper and rejoice in the truth that's working in you, because there was a time in your life you didn't even blink when that stuff happened, because you thought it was justified, but now you know it's not God, so you don't want it to be you. You guys with me? Come on, this is a bigger deal to me than any miracle or anything. It's you live your life effective in Christ every day within your sphere of influence, walking in the light as He's in the light. Come on, we need to keep playing, praying for the sick and believing in the words of knowledge and the prophetic utterance. I'm with all that. I get that. And I'm not downplaying it at all. But I'll tell you the reason why He sent His Son is to transform us and make our lives new. It's not just fixing things we broke putting something new inside of us. It's not just that you don't drink anymore or do whatever anymore. It's not like that. It's that you change and you wake up with a different reason for being than you've ever had before. That the why behind your life is changed. Because it's so powerful when that happens because then no matter what, you're all right in that truth. And you'll deal and handle and process everything through that one truth. So your days have fallen apart. Even lacking wisdom will end. I'm serious. You'll just learn to respond in the truth. You'll just be who you are in him. And things can't even catch you by surprise. You just have a response. You have to stop, look, and listen and apply the last sermon you heard pastor preach. Why? Because you've done the most important thing. You've been alone with him when nobody was looking and saying, Father... You never made me for me. You made me for your image and your glory. And I thank you for the wisdom you're imparting. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Come and lead me and guide me and father me every day. It is so important. I realize if I have not love, I have nothing. I can have every knowledge of every mystery. And people would uh, esteem me and one impartation for me. But if I don't have love, I've missed the point. Make me like you. And I thank you for what you're doing in me. Thank you for the grace that's working in my life and you start living like that and waking up and talking like that, and you're at the sink getting ready for work like that, your days of complaining are over. Your days of loathing your job are over. Your days of just wishing you'd get a new job and a better atmosphere because they just drag you down and drag you down. (laughs) Over. I pray that you get me a new job, God. I'm so defiled by the end of the day. I'm tired of hearing all them four-letter F bombs Okay, so God hears him every day, all day. And he's still God, and he's the God of all hope. It's not about you getting a new job, it's becoming like him on your job. Really, I'm serious, guys. Come on, if it was just about how things were going for us, then of course we all have issues. And we're all waiting to catch a break. When it's not about the circumstances of your life. It's about the why behind your life. Yeah. I promise you it changes everything. It'll teach you how to value your family like never before. It'll teach you how to honor your spouse. Not need to be right with your spouse. When your motive becomes like his. It changes And it takes away all the excuses of the flesh. If you'd really be honest with your own conscience. And you can say, yeah, but if it wasn't for this and this, and yeah, but you don't. But in light of what I'm talking about, all those things fade away. See, here's the deal. When you say, well, I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for this, this, and this. Here's the problem. This, this, and this isn't Lord. So why does it always have to govern and decide our life? Come on. The governing factor, the Lord of my life. Could you imagine Jesus embracing that language? He's at a table symbolizing his own body. His own blood. And he's going to break it and give it to men that he knows are going to run that are saying they're going to die for him, but they're not. And he knows that. And he breaks the bread anyway. He doesn't tremble in his lip and say, You guys, I've given my whole life to you for how long now? We've been together through it all. If I can't trust you, who can I trust? Well, we'll die for you. No, you won't. Liars, you bunch of liars. (laughs) He didn't do that, guys. He just broke the bread. He let the strength, the revelation, the beauty of who he was just keep influencing. Just keep influencing. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw. so powerful. He just passes around the bread. They're all about to run for their lives. While they're breaking the bread, they're going, we'll die for him. We'll die for him. And then he passes the cup. Because he's ready to give his blood. When he rose from the dead, they were all gathered in a room. Not in intercession. They were in a fear fest. We would have been too. I'm not slamming them. They were running for their lives. They were in the room together for the fear of the Jews because they thought those leaders that did that to him were going to do that to them. So when Jesus raises from the dead in John 20, he says to Mary, he says, Mary, and she goes, Rabbi, right? You know the story? Can you imagine that? Like, this isn't just a little Bible story. This isn't a fairy tale. It's not Disney. Like, she loved him and watched him die. And she was right there when they wrapped him and put him in the tomb. and put. Now she goes, the stone's moved. She thinks he's a gardener. She's crying. She's upset because she's relating to him. She can't get there. She's got anointing. She can't move the stone, but she's there. Why? Because he's there. He might be dead, but he's there. Best thing ever happened to me, I'll be as close as I can be, as long as I she just go probably lay against the rock of the tomb and just cry. Just pet the rock. Just be there. Come on, she was there. The guys were back in fear. She says, If you've taken him, tell me where he is, and I will get him and take him away. And he goes, Mary. Rabboni, can you imagine the emotion? I mean, oh, it's you. Hi, how's your day going? Man, I, I thought you were going. I'm glad to see you're back. Come on, guys. She is so freaked out. Raponi! And you know, she's running to him because he says, don't cling to me, Mary. She's already probably in the midair. She's probably, she's like, Rabboni. She's like, oh. he's like, don't cling to me, Mary. I picture her suspended in air, froze by the Lord. Don't <laughs> cling to me. Why? Because you got away from me once. Here you are. You ain't getting away. You're, I'm going with you if you're going. She's going to grab his ankles. She's going to hold on to his garments or something. He said, Don't cling to me. Why? Is he unsocial? No. He's ready to head to the Father. Do you want to look at that in your Bible? If you have a Bible, look at John 20. It's one of my favorite sections. I always try to say something's my favorite, and then 20 more scriptures bombard me. But it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Isn't it good? The gospel. You need to get more excited, man. Oh. This guy is so much fun. He picks me up at the airport. I look at his wife and say, I like him. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> He's just alive. You're alive. Yeah. You ought to be. Ah! Yeah. We understand, don't we? Yeah. We're just going to grunt and groan back and forth for a while. We're, oh, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah! ah! Yeah! <laughs> See, and it ain't weirdness. It ain't hype. I know why I'm grunting and so does he. Because once I was dead, once I was living for aimless, menial, zero things, I needed you to treat me right. I needed everything to go right. And now none of that matters. And he has put me in such a powerful, untouchable place without me being powerful just going inside and changing the way I tick, just changing my view and my eye, the lamp of the body. Yeah? yeah. Just putting a healthy reason, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. See, we get it. That's good, man. We just grunt back and forth all day and just, ah. see, see, I feel it. So watch this. Jesus says, it's in in verse 16. He says, Mary, I can't even imagine that moment. I sit on my bed and I slow down and I try to capture that stuff. I'm like, Holy Spirit, take me there. Make it real. Show me the power of what's happening here. I don't just want to read theologically. I don't just want to memorize my Bible. I want to become the Word. I want this thing in me. And I'm thinking, he is the most priceless, precious thing that ever happened. That's why Peter got rebuked. He said, none of these things will happen to you, Lord. He says, get behind me, Satan. He says, Peter, you have in mind the things of men, not the things of God. What was Peter saying? Sounded noble, sounded like friendship. No, Peter's saying, you ain't going nowhere, pal. You're the best thing ever happened to me. Ain't nobody touching you because you blessed me. Peter wanted to keep him for himself. For them. He had to go die on the cross, didn't he? He told him not to be sad. He said, come on, if I don't go, he won't come, meaning Holy Spirit. It should be better if I go and he would come.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he
1: says, she turned to said, and he says, do not cling to me. Why? Bless her heart. She was bolting for him. He saw it in her eyes, probably, hope if she gets a hold of me, she's holding on. She'll be ascending to the Father with me. <laughs> so he didn't even let her get, right? Don't cling to me. Why would he say don't cling to me? She's coming to catch up on the last few days. And he said, don't cling to me. Why? I have not yet ascended. To my father. Now when he was on the cross and said it's finished. What did he mean? The beating and pummeling and suffering in his body necessary. To satisfy. Man's sin. And the effects of that sin. The cup of wrath. Whatever you want to call it. It is. Finished. Enough. Enough blows. Enough blood. Enough suffering. They can go free now. It's finished. They don't need to hit me one more time. It's it's a wrap. I'm on this cross. I'm nailed to it. Anything hanging on a cross has been cursed by God. He who knew no sin was made to. It's important to know he didn't curse his son on the cross. He made his son to be sin and cursed sin in the flesh. And sin shall have no dominion over you. He cursed (laughs) sin in the flesh. He didn't curse his son. His son is holy. Holy. According to the spirit of holiness, Romans 4. He was raised from the dead. What happened? Satan killed an innocent man and shed innocent blood. Totally innocent according to the law. Completely righteous according to the law. (laughs) Shed innocent blood. Big mistake. Now that one righteous, innocent man took that blood into heaven. Not the blood of a bull. Not the blood of a goat. And he applied it on the mercy seat of heaven to make peace between God and man. And the blood speaks better things to mediate between God and man. And then he sat down on his blood on that seat forever at the right hand of almighty God to assure that everything I promise shall surely come to pass on my life. He's still sitting there serving us today with his life. He rose from the dead and said, touch me. For a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone. He wants you to know he's in a body and he's still a man. But he's Lord over all. (gasps) (laughs) But he's still a man. Flesh and bone. Flesh and bone. What's on the mercy seat sitting? Flesh and bone. And the blood of a man. So I come to the Father through him. There's one mediator between God and man. The man. The man. Ah, oh. oh. I could just grunt with you all day. The man who? Jesus Christ. So watch this. This is amazing. Don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go tell my backstabbing, lowlife, two-faced, say one thing, do another thing, no good disciples, that I have a score to settle with them. Wait a minute. What translation is this? Oh, the self-translation. Okay. I need a Bible. It doesn't say that. The self-translation says that. The think-for-yourself translation how you hurt me, what you did to me, how you weren't there for me, how I could never trust you again, how you had the power and authority to break my heart. (laughs) We've all been there, church. Why would you ever be there again now that we see and understand? Even if the temptations and feelings and emotions are there, don't buy into them, agree with them, and don't sell cheap when you're not for sale. You're already bought with a price. You're a hotel with a no vacancy sign. Fully filled. Fully occupied. No room for anything else but Him. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) See? Jesus, the living epistle of love. The one that said, follow me. Not just sing to me and pray to me when things are tight. The one that said, follow me. Guess what He said? Good teacher. Living by example. Follow His life. Man, there's not one thing. You know what impressed me as I got grown in the word? I realized Jesus isn't asking one thing of me that he hasn't walked through, modeled, and fulfilled. He says, you say, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say. See, that, that, that troubles me right there. What he's saying is you ain't saying what I'm saying. A whole chapter. Look, let's not boast in our own wisdom, guys. We were all homeschooled in the wrong home. We all passed without trying. <laughs> we were all trained by the wisdom of the world, the spirit of this age. Every one of us from birth were run through the same school. You didn't have to take a test to pass on anger. Just let somebody do something you didn't want them to do. You could be that big. Eh! <laughs> <laughs> ah! Two little kids fighting over the same toy they both wanted. Uh Uh-oh. No ability to yield and say, take it, brother. (laughs) Why? Because everybody needs born again. Then parents get frustrated. What am I doing wrong? You're not doing anything wrong where they're not determined where you are, keep modeling Jesus, and one day they'll go, hey, I want to be just like you, mommy. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Two little kids, man. Nobody taught them to fight. You could actually have parents that are peaceable and don't argue. It's possible come to my house (laughs) I don't even care if my wife would freak out she doesn't she's the sweetest thing but she's not pulling me into that even if she tried. and I'm not going to cause her to try to pull into that why? because I say I love you and that's more than I need you I need you is all about me I love you is all about you Most of the time when we say I love you, we're saying I need you and we prove it by our fruits. We think in the church, not in the world, in the church, we think the closest people to our lives are the ones that can hurt us the most. And I'm wondering why we're so touchable and hurtable when we say they're the ones that we love and love takes no account of the wrong done to it and doesn't seek its own and if that's true why are we so busted up maybe things really got perverted when man ate that tree and maybe we've brought Jesus into our life instead of him becoming our life and maybe good-hearted sincere people that see their need for a savior and honestly understand their need for forgiveness or an understanding, they become like him, become love and give up everything they ever were apart from him. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I'm telling you, it's just the most powerful place. To not just be hurt by things. To not just be angry. To not have to deal with your feelings all the time. But let your heart motive be changed in a place of prayer to where those feelings aren't even there anymore where your response is mercy and peace and having a heart for people instead of frustrated. You say, yeah, but you don't understand, Dan. They get under my skin. That's what I'm talking about. Get new skin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they bother me. They didn't bother Jesus. He hung on a cross. They didn't bother the father. He sent his son. Why are they bothering you? We don't understand it's a self-righteous lie that demands of them something we weren't before the Lord. Come on. Man, that's just good solid preaching right there. Man, I better preach good. You gave me this pulpit. If I don't preach good, you jump up and shout me out. I believe you. <laughs> I do like you a lot. (laughs) When Jesus came up from the dead, his disciples didn't do one thing right. We understand. We wouldn't either. They were afraid of death. They were afraid for their lives. They, they, They were just, they were freaked out. They watched him die and ran for their own lives. But the point is, would you agree they did nothing right? Like, even being assembled together in a room sounds noble, but it was for one reason. They were hiding out together, (laughs) scared to death. And Jesus calls them brethren. What's he saying? I haven't changed my mind about any of you. I know who you are. I know what I created you to be. I know your potential. And I know what you look like in a minute when I'm inside of you. You're my brethren. He didn't call them weak-willed. He didn't call them sinners. He didn't call them fearful. He didn't call them. them brethren. That's family. That's covenant term. Go tell my brethren. I'm going to my father and makes us one. You know what almost all the time when father's used in the Bible, what it actually means if you just break it down and look at it. And 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 I think it's safe, you study this stuff out. Help me if I'm way off. It's probably safe to say in the Hebrew and the Greek, but it it, it means in most uses to come forth from. To come forth from. Call no man on earth your, because you have one, he's in heaven. He's not saying it's wrong to send your dad a Father's Day card. What he's saying is don't limit, identify, or regulate your life through biological, hereditary, inheritance and heritage and genealogy. Your beginning goes back to the beginning where you came forth from him. Don't say, well, this runs in my family. What family? Plus it always, I, I have fun with this one a little bit. People look at me cockeyed, But it's funny how the flesh just justifies everything. Like people say, well, I drink because my parents drank. I'm thinking that's probably the best reason not to. So I just don't get it. Will I drink because my parents? No, you're discouraged. You're broken. You took their life personal. You were trying to drink from a dry cup. No wonder you're thirsty. Why don't you drink from a well that never runs dry? Because if you just take one drink, just one drink. He's talking about fulfillment. He's talking about identity. If you take one drink, Kayla, just one, you will never thirst. Ah, see what's wrong with me? Oops. Take him at his word, he just might be the truth. (laughs) Let your feelings and emotions get in the way and keep you from going there. Well, yeah, but I don't, well, you know, but... Well, but I feel, yeah. Guys, we spend countless hours ministering and praying for each other based on feelings, impressions, memories, flashbacks. None of it has anything to do with faith and truth. Be amazed how free you are in Him. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm having so much fun. Are you guys okay? Like, I'm just having fun. There's something we're gonna do here. We're gonna to have to do this. Wow, is it already that late? I feel like I'm barely just started. My motor just started to just, you know, well, you guys don't know what it means to start your car on a cold day and let it warm up. So. <laughs> you really have no clue. Unless you're not from around here originally, then you understand. But that's how I feel right now. I feel like we're just starting to idle good. And then we could take a long trip. I'll be good. We have a lot of time together. It'll go quick, but we have a lot of time, so I'll be gracious. And you you guys, what do you do at, with the 9 o'clock thing and the kids? Jessica, the kids and you keep going, keep... No, no, but help me. How's that look? What's that look like? They just go get, kids. so they won't be walking out on my preaching. Well, you wouldn't. It's too good. You wouldn't just. <laughs> no. Yeah, I walk no, I get it. It just keeps me. Yeah, because if they all got up and left while I was preaching, you know, I'd be like, Yeah, I have fun with people. They're like, "Now is that pride or what?" Because I say, "Well, I know they're not leaving because of my preaching. It's always just too good. You're not leaving." <laughs> Somebody was leaving the service day. I said, "Hey, they're not leaving. Just so you know, they're not leaving because of my preaching. Am I right?" And they go, yeah. <laughs> I said, "See, it's too good. The preaching's too good. They just have to be somewhere." I asked a lady in a big conference if it was my preaching. She was walking out. 1,500 people, and every face turned and looked at her. She said, "I said, ma'am, why are you leaving?" She. Went, everybody every head turned to look at her. I said, "Is it my preacher?" She said, "No." I said, "Are you sure?" She said, "Yes." I said, "Are you a Christian?" She said, "Yes." I said, "Well, then you can't lie. If you lie, you fry. I read that in Revelation." So now we're going to find out. I said, "Are you leaving?" because of my preaching. She said, no. I said, oh, good. Go. Have a great day. And then I just went right back to preaching. And everybody's like, why did he do that to her? Like... And she just left. And I never commented. I just kept on preaching. two hours later, no one has moved. <laughs> Sam, that's awesome. The wisdom of the Lord. No one has moved. And I'm preaching and I see them rocking and sitting and I'm thinking, man, this is powerful. They're under the anointing. And all of a sudden I said, I think they have to pee. I said, who has to go to the bathroom in two-thirds? I said, go. (laughs) That's a true story. Uh, The wisdom of the Lord. 1,500 people is usually in and out, in and out, in and out. I called that lady at the door and for two hours everybody just sat. It's so we like, it. <laughs> Fun stuff to me. So when you got to get your kids, because there's something we're going to do, and I don't normally do this the first night I'm with folks, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it tonight. We're just going to do it. It's going to be good. I promise you it'll be good. You know, the gospel's amazing. He makes all things new. you got to separate yourself from where you've been and what you've done and how it was. That's not your story. That's the person that died. Like the person that's alive in Christ is really your story. I understand testimony and stuff. But what I'm saying is we can't relate to that as if it has anything to do with who we are now. Like, so, like if I told you what I remember being like, you'd go, no way, I can't. Well, you shouldn't be able to. I'm born again. But we so relate to what happened when we were young and the family we grew up with. And you don't know what it was like when I was little. I'm not talking about when you were little. I'm talking about now that he's come. Yeah, Yeah, but brother, people need time and people need it. Who says? Show me that. That's just us catering to us. And keeping us away from faith. Yeah, but brother, there's deep hurts and there's deep... No, nope, truth can make you free. You can see the truth. Look, I didn't have a daddy my whole childhood. He's an alcoholic and told me I'd never be nothing. What does that have anything to do with me now that Christ has come? Why do we need that to be fixed? Why do I need that to be different now that Christ has come and says, Hey, your dad was wrong. He didn't see. He was blind. He was empty. This is who you really are. Wow! I don't need you to hug me to take the place of my dad. That means the gospel's not enough. Oh, I felt that one in the room. I did. But we tend to get sentimental. I know there's a time God can do something like that by the Spirit. But if it becomes a form of ministry to enable people to move forward, they're limping along, they're not free. And you think unless all the hoops are jumped through, you can't be free. That's like blasphemous to the finished work of Christ. The just shall live by Faith. It doesn't even say feeling better. Believing better. And believing will take you into feeling better, I promise. So my dad saw my life changed, and guess what happened to him? He got born again. It's true. That sure beats being a hurt son with a deficit in his life, trying to make up for lost time. Nothing's lost. He's the Redeemer. I'm so fulfilled and so excited and so alive inside, it's ridiculous. Like, thinking back on the past doesn't even faze me. It's nothing lost. I have gained so much in him. So what happens is we get distracted and try to do all this and never walk in the joy of this because this is so overshed. Paul said, he talked about the sufferings of his life, and it's extreme in the flesh. And he says, they're brief moments of light affliction when you look at them compared to the eternal weight of his glory when he comes brief moments of light affliction he's talking stoned back beaten laid open wide again and again and again forsaken done wrong hungry cold rejected come on brief moments of light affliction Compared to the truth of who he is and who we are in him and seeing it one day. That's really what he's saying. Oh. So let's do this. Let's do this because you want to just, yeah, maybe. Well, just get your kids. Gonna, if you can hang out, I won't be real long. We're already at the punchline. There's something we've got to do. Oh, I'm, I won't be rushed, but I'll, I'll try to be, because of the kids and everybody's families, I'll, pro- I'll try to be sensitive to all that. With uh, You know, Holy Spirit won't be limited. He's amazing. So, yeah, just grab, grab your children. And I'll just finish this up, and we'll get to the punchline. By the time everybody's back, we'll be right on page together. It'll all work out, in the grace of God. I don't normally, I do what I'm about to do. I feel in my heart, I, I, I was just, I'm on this topic, and I just looked in my heart, and I'm like, Lord. And sometimes he'll say, hey, I want you to do this. Sometimes you just feel like you want to, and it's okay. Because it's his heart. Yeah? I think we get too mystical sometimes. We're like, you know, it's like, should I go pray for them? Go pray for them. Why do you need a yes? It's a yes and amen gospel. Exactly right. Yeah. 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 People say I get a lot of invites. They say, how do you know where to go when you get all those invites? Go where I want to go. Everybody matters. He said, Go ye therefore. So I have a yes, unless I hear no. And who knows, he's amazing enough to get me where he wants me. If he wants me specifically somewhere, I'll get there. It's simple. You'll read, and it'll just stand out above the red. It'll just end up in your hand. It's just simple. It's not, oh, God. Just You love everybody. Everybody matters. So if I feel like I want to go, and something intrigues me, oh, I'd love to go there. Unless I hear no, it's a Yes. A lot of us are looking for a yes because we're lacking confidence, a little self-focus, little, and we think we have a no, and it's really us. <laughs> so we're looking for a yes, and it's a yes and amen. Are you guys with me? Yeah. Okay. Yes. It's like, should I pray for the sick? Well, you better wait for the leading. Pray for the sick. You say, yeah, but Jesus only did what he saw his father do and only said what he heard his father say. Yeah, and he told us, whatever city you're in, heal the sick there and tell them the kingdom's here. So the word is spirit and life, and Holy Spirit is in that. So do you need a direct command to pray for the sick, or is it your privilege? Do you sometimes get a direct command, and does he highlight a face in the crowd? Absolutely. But is it your privilege to pray for the sick? Anytime you want. Be gracious, be sensitive to people, and don't do it for a testimony. Do it because you love people. You know, that's a whole other side. But what I'm saying is it's not as mystical as we think. It's pretty simple. Whatever city you're in. What city? (laughs) Heal. The. What's sick? The. Probably got a green light. Poor Bethesda, John 5. Whoever stepped in the water was healed of. So do you hear that then in Luke 10? Whatever city, thus it. Isn't that awesome? Man, just don't complicate it. Don't complicate it. Precious kids are coming in. It's awesome. Okay, let me wrap this up, guys. I'm ascending to my Father, go tell my brethren and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Isn't that good? Remember Father? Father means what? To come forth from God, in a very general sense, means the source of life. So when you call God, who's ever called God Father God or prayed and said Father God? When you say Father God, what are you really saying? I came forth from the source of life. That's amazing. That's amazing. That would make you a son or a daughter. So that way it's not just Christian language that you tack on the end of a prayer statement. Father God. And I just, use a Father God. And you Father God. Some of us say ten Father Gods to three other words. I've heard it. <laughs> father God, we just thank you, Father God, for all that you do, Father God. And, and what I'm saying is if you're going to Father God that much... You probably ought to know you're saying, I came forth from the source of life. So really what you're doing is, I came forth from the source of life. My life matters. I'm the will of God. I came forth from the source of life. So every time you say Father God, you're celebrating that truth. Now you'll know that for sure. Amen. So say Father God. Yeah. So Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples, are we still okay or is it just me? I mean, are you all right? Mary Magdalene came and said to the disciples that she had seen the Lord. I'm not sure how that went, unless you look at another gospel. You see, that didn't go over really big. And he had spoken these things to her. And then, watch this, the same day at evening, isn't that amazing? Same day at evening, he came back, didn't he? You guys looking up air or something? Okay, good. I just saw all the eyes were looking there. I thought. First time that ever happened to me. You know how everybody does the screens? Well, there's usually a big one there. And then one day I was preaching. I'm, this is a true story. It was way back when I first started traveling. I looked, and everybody was looking up over my head. And, I th- and in my mind, as I'm preaching, I thought, Lord, you manifested an angel or something. <laughs> I thought, that dude is bad looking. He's just following me. He's just... And they're all like, they're reading their screen. And I thought... <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Same day in the evening, same day in the evening. So we know he went on the road to Emmaus with two disciples. And right around evening, he broke bread. And when he broke bread, their eyes opened and he, poof, he was gone. But here's the point. If he said, go tell my brother, right, that I'm going to my father and your father, to my God and your God, and he came back same day in the evening, where did he go in between? Did he go to the father? He had to. He ascended to the Father. He said, that's why he didn't want her to cling, because I'm going to the Father. Now you know he put his blood on the mercy seat because the first thing out of his mouth he said was, Peace be unto you. Why? Romans 5.1. We now have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ being justified by faith. Amen? So what happened? The blood speaking better things. So now he shoots back down to earth. Same day and evening, walks into the fear fest, doesn't wear armor, he just walks right in, says, peace to you, and they're like, oh, right? It's amazing. Same day in the evening, you see it? First day of the week when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, he stood in the midst and said, peace be with you. When he had said this, now watch, so the first peace be with you is because he made peace between God and man, True. Now watch, you got to catch this stuff. It's powerful. The heart of Jesus, the love of God is overwhelmingly amazing. Because it's not the reprimand of God that changes man. It's the goodness of God. Don't ever forget that. People in zeal say, well, it's not always about love. It's about judgment too. Well, be careful with that because Jesus didn't come to judge the world, but the world might be saved. And he said in, in John 12, not just John 3, he didn't come to judge, but to save. Amen. Yeah, let the... No, you let the kids be kids. Hi, buddy. <laughs> Listen, I did Sunday night services for years as a pastor, and I told there was no children's church at all. I said, bring the kids, throw a little blanket out, let them color, let them play, let them come up and hug me while I'm preaching. I'll hold one, if, I, whatever. We'd be in worship, and one would just come and hug my leg. I'd say, hey. And you know, I'd be preaching, and one would just come over and go, and say, come here. And I'd be preaching. Sit him back down, see you, buddy. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's amazing. That sure beats, Shh, ah, mm, sh, eh, sh, ah, sh. you know, and nobody's at peace. And it's like, I ain't going to church because I can't keep an eye on my kids, you know. I think we ought to lighten up a little. I bet you in the book of Acts it was quite a scene. I bet the mamas was breastfeeding and the kids was screaming and they didn't have pampers. <laughs> Probably ought to think of some of this stuff. Peace be to you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side and stuff, and they saw that it was the Lord. And they were glad. And they saw it was the Lord. And what he say? As soon as they realized it was the Lord, the very next thing out of his mouth again, the second time, it's a different peace to you. Peace to you. Why did he say it the second time? First time he's coming, peace to you because he just made peace through his blood. Now they realize it's Jesus. What's the first thing on their human minds? How they ran, how they failed him, how they denied him. And he said, right in the middle of their thoughts, he said, Peace to you. What he's saying is, David, it's okay. It's okay. I'm here now. It's over. David, it's over. Peace to you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see what's wrong with me? I believe what I'm preaching, it's my problem. I'm not just preaching, it's not my theology. It's the revelation of my heart. It's my relationship. It's the love that I have in him. That's all I'm talking about is us. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. I like it here. This is good. You preach a whole sermon just grunting. Come on, I've already multiplied two. Well, one was already here, but... <laughs> I'm helping you multiply. Yeah. Yeah. One of these Sundays, you'll get up, and everybody, "Mm, mm, mm." visitors will go, what are they doing? 20 minutes later, Father, thank you, and you all leave. What? Run into your cars. I just love it. Because the heart's speaking, man. I'm messing up bad. I don't even know if I've ever messed up this bad. I don't even know what I'm doing. Count it a privilege, whatever it means. I... Peace be to you. Watch. So this is the second peace to you after they saw it was the Lord. Now get, get a grip here. The guys, they've done nothing right yet. You with me? Again, he said, peace to you. Why? Z-z-z-z-z-z. Remember the net, fish, throw your net in the right side you. Depart from me, for I'm a... So when the revelation of the Lord comes, flesh gets very aware of its hell. That's the second piece to you. And then look, he didn't say, now listen I need to cook you guys up to a better program because the first one didn't stick real well. (laughs) You need about nine more months of something or no, 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 watch. As the father, you find me a limitation in this. As the father has sent me Now, I know we think power and glory and healings and miracles. But how did the Father send the Son? For God so. And he said, when you see me, you see the. And how do we know God through the Bible the most? God is. So when God made man in his own likeness, in his own image. I believe with all my heart. He made man to love. And when man sinned, he became in need of love because he got cut off from it. But love never stops loving. So on your darkest day, he said, I know who you are. And I'm going to pay a price to set it straight and bring the best out in you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Never fails, somebody's Bible scholars study their Bible and they say, yeah, but he's talking to the disciples. No, he's talking to you and me. Because in Matthew 28, he said, you go make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe everything I taught you. So if he's talking to them, he's talking to me. You get it? Might as well just read it off of there since it's up there. Why don't you just flip for me to the next one? No, this is good. I like this. And when he had said this, watch, he breathed on them. For a guy that likes to go back to the beginning, you already know this, Pastor, but this is powerful to me. When he said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, receive the Holy Spirit. He holds all things together by the word of his power. If he says it, it happens. Why didn't he just say, receive the Holy Spirit? Why didn't he just line them up? Filled, 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 filled. It's exactly right. He's the redemption of man. Redemption means brought back, bought back to original value. How did day one start for man? And what was in that breath? Life. And everything that God is. The image. That was lost the day he ate the tree. Jesus just put his blood on the mercy seat and bought everything back again. So he's starting over day one, day one, garden of God's delight in paradise. He starts where it got lost. And he breathes life back into man. Watch, watch. As if sin never happened. Because of the power of his blood. The tree's still there of knowledge of good and evil. The serpent's still speaking. Follow him. Don't make an excuse for your flesh. You have the right to live by the Spirit. And if you live by the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let's stop boasting in the weakness of man and let's start honoring the strength of God. That's not presumptuous and that's not proud. Let's stop thinking we're sin waiting to happen when we're sons manifesting. Because if all you think of is, you're like the best greeter ever, young lady. Big thumbs up for you. Yes. Sweetest thing. So watch this. We make excuses for the flesh and we say, yeah, but this, yeah, but this. And then we we subvert the healthy conviction that receives change and, and push away the grace of God, the working power of God that's there to make us different. You get what I'm saying? And then he says, if you forgive the sins of any, they're what? I believe with all my heart he's saying this. I don't hear this one preached on much. I just believe I, I have it enough to just talk about it a little bit. I've camped a lot of time. I, I went years and didn't even address this part. But here's the deal. Here's what I think he's saying. as the Father sent me, he sent me in love. It's the love that called you brethren when you did nothing right. And if you love them the way I've loved you, they'll know the way to me. And they'll see that I see them that way too. But if you retain the sins, sins are retained. When do you have permission to live in unforgiveness? When do you have permission to read a book by the cover? When do you have permission to just call a spade a spade instead of see a man for what he's created for? Then why does he sound like he's giving him an option? Because if you fail... To walk in this love and let your heart get hard, get hurt by life. Make it about legalism or just your little church circle or your denomination or whatever. And next thing you know, you fail to rightly represent his heart. How will they know the way to his heart? Watch. When you are me on the earth. Come on. Who's Jesus on the earth? The body of Christ. The embodiment of Christ. So if you walk like I've walked before you, they'll know me like you know me. But if you fail to walk like I've walked, how will they know me? When you are the representative of me. Because I'm handing you the baton, David, and I'm heading to the Father to ascend to him. Isn't that amazing? Yes. don't you make this thing just about blessings, okay? Now here's what I need to do. This is going to get a little, I'm going to need your humility, okay? No, we're good. We're good. I just wanted to back that up a little. Oh, thanks, man. No, that's all right. Samson and only come on. I Listen. Listen, this is amazing. If any man So if Jesus breathed into them and said, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit is what he said. And he took them back to day one as if sin never happened. That's amazing. So that means God's seeing you in righteousness, not for failure and mistakes. So God's not seeing you for what you've done. God's seeing you for what he's done. It's the gift of righteousness. Romans 5 says, if you receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, Romans five seventeen says, you'll reign in this life as kings. If you receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, if you stand and see yourself the way he sees you through the Son, Woo-hoo! Yes. yes! Now you know this, Second Corinthians 5, 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a... Watch. Old things, that means, watch, anything before him. Yeah. Old things have power of God. Behold. Power of God. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <gasps> oh, yeah, it's coming too. I promise it's coming. No, you don't have a choice. You don't. Watch. Behold, all. How many? All, all things become new. So old things, all things. It's amazing how sometimes we just think that's the things we broke. It's the way we thought, the way we spoke, the way we processed the motivations. It's everything about us. Old things. The way this thing ran is over. It's all new. Here's my point tonight on this article. I do it all the time. I've done it all over this country. I can tell you testimonies. It makes me cry. It's the emotion. I have to push back crying just so I can preach and get done. But It's amazing when you see people make mistakes and get marked for it. And then the blood of Jesus comes in. And speaks better
0: things.
1: (laughs) You see, a Christian that's broken—they're hurting, and they're—I'm doing good with this boundary line stuff, ain't I? I'm like, man, it's like you got a shock collar on me, buddy. I'm like, I'm like over there, and I'm like, I ain't crossing that line. I'm like, whoa! (laughs) I've been on it, man. I'm like, I'm never this good. I don't know. It's, it's awesome. I haven't crossed that thing, have I? Ooh, I'm pumped. That's amazing. That's like a victory. You have no idea. I mean, I was. How do you, think I was? You, you meet a Christian, and they're just crying and crying and crying. And you're trying to tell them it's going And then And i will say this. Yeah, but I should have known better. But I knew better. Well, I know you're saying that, and I'm glad that's your conviction. But don't let it condemn you. Let it grow you. So you're going to hold yourself accountable for the rest of your life, that you knew better? Look, if you really knew, because Jesus hangs there, and here's the best love can say in the moment, and he's not an enabler. Forgive him, Father. You read the story, it looks like they knew. Secret meetings, behind the scenes, Judas, scheming. The Bible even says some of them believed and didn't come out with it because they Feared others and loved the praise of men rather than God, and loved darkness rather than. Yeah, right. Come on, yeah. Scripture says all that. Sounds to me like they knew. Jesus knows if you really knew, you'd be like Him. <laughs> Is that powerful or what, man? Yeah. Forgive us. For... So you meet these Christians, and then and then they, they here's what they're doing. Responsibility and taking account for your life is important in the sense of repentance, but it's godly sorrow that leads you to change. So once that happens, you've got to let that die, and you've got to move on. You can't camp there. So I've seen people... Well, I'm just going to get to the quick of this, okay? There's people in the church, and there's people in this room where I wouldn't be talking about it. Now we're in the room, okay? This, what I'm preaching now, fits the room, and you'll be amazed, if you're honest, how many people It fits. Not because we're bad people, because we've made some things and mistakes and things have touched us and bitten us. There's people that have made a hundred mistakes of the same kind and never got touched by it. There's some people that did it one time and got burnt. What I'm talking about is something marking you, something getting in your blood, something getting in your body, just getting mad and going out and just. Binging a little more than you've ever binged and your concentration not been the same since and you can mark it since that night. You, you've lost a sense of your memory and your concentration and your ability to retain. And you just know you're not the same and you know it's from that night and you feel like, well, I'm just reaping what I. No, no, no. It's time we reap what he sowed. Yeah. And let our hearts repent and be vindicated in a clearing of ourselves. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 7, there's there's young ladies, they have have STDs and and, and they were trying to find value and identity and they, they thought they were getting married and there's all kinds of stories out there guys, but the bottom line is the thing came and tried to identify them and bite them and harm them and now they feel like they're past that and they're changed but the thing's still there and I don't like that, you know why, because if any man be in Christ he's a new creation. Old things, so it's time to pass away. You're in a season of darkness and you're just cutting and you're marking your one God given body. And all of a sudden you're born again and you wish you never did that. You try to use it as a testimony, but the bottom line is when you're looking at it, you wish it wasn't there. Old things. taking young ladies into the baptismal waters, teaching this thing, and you put them under the water and they come up and just look at their bodies and scream. Why? Because he makes all things new. Yeah. I just saw a lady, she was so... I didn't see the condition. She, but We sure believed her. She pulled past her and his wife and me into a room and cried and cried and cried. She's 34 years old. When she was 17, she slept with a young man. She got the worst case of... Genital warts that the doctors had ever seen. And a couple of specialists said we can't explain it, they don't come and go. It was just a profuse covering, nonstop, 24-7. She said, gross, as you can imagine, for 17 years. Now watch. Never had another relationship. Wanted to get married, wanted to have kids, paying a price for a 17-year-old mistake. For 17 years. Didn't want to bring a man into that and ask him to jump that hoop. So she just stayed. Jesus was her. She loved Jesus. But be real with me. She's living with the mark and the memory of the 17-year-old girl and paying the price for 17 years of no relationship, no family, and no marriage. And the blood of Jesus speaks better things. So I preached this way, and she came up, and I don't ask nobody to tell me nothing because it's none of my business and it's none of anybody else. And you say, well, I don't want people to listen. Everybody in this room has fallen short, has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's people in this room that deserve a mark and never got a mark. There's people that did things and it's still biting them. You have no idea how much I don't like that. She got to the door and was opening up the door, had her key out after the service because she came up front and we just prayed. She's at the door and the spirit of the Lord came over her. And he said, hey. Don't be afraid to look at what I've done to your body. She went running in the house and checked herself out. Cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried Because for the first time in 17 years, there wasn't one trace, one mark, and one evidence of this thing. She fell asleep crying. Woke up early in the morning. Checked herself again. And cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. Came to church, pulled us aside, and cried and cried and cried and cried. Why? Because he's so good. Yes, he is. You say, well, if he's so good, why 17 years? 17 years living, believing you earned it, believing you deserve it, believing you have to reap what you sowed. When the blood of Jesus is speaking better things, and there's no condemnation in Christ. For God did not, did not, did not send his son in the world to give you what you deserve. But that through him you might be saved, healed, delivered, protected, preserved, made whole, and kept safe and sound. That's what the word means. It doesn't mean go to heaven. It means heaven come back into you. So listen. It doesn't matter if it's HIV. It doesn't matter if it's hepatitis. There is no way for me to keep track and count of the people. That have testified and got tests. Of being healed of hepatitis. It's it's out of control. Only heaven will reveal how many people. Have been healed of that thing. I have people in my own life. Personal people. Back home that have come off liver transplant lists Without getting the new liver on the transplant list. And the doctors can't find markers. Antibodies. Or whatever they find. And they say it's like you never had hepatitis. Why? Because before the Lord, it's as if they never sinned. So they probably ought to be new creatures. Holy, blameless, and above reproach. Paul says it this way, that you be blameless, spirit, soul, and body till he comes. You guys with me? Look, it's not a charismatic show. Nobody even has to fall down. Listen. You don't. I tell people to stand up all the time just because. Just look, I don't care if you if you flop and burn and God burns you, that's fine. But I want that thing going. Yeah. To me, it's not cool when you flop and burn and cancer's still there. I'd rather you just stand there and cancer be gone. Yeah. What I'm saying tonight is if you'll be humble. And you fit this description and you say, you know what, Dan? I did make a mistake. I made several mistakes. I made many mistakes, whatever the case might be. And you know, this day I'm carrying the effect of that mistake in my life. I don't want anybody, nobody needs to tell what it is. It's nobody's business. And if people are sitting there saying, I wonder what they did and what they got. then they probably need Jesus a little more than they've got him. (laughs) So don't be threatened by that. Be encouraged by this. When you get out of your seat and come up here, here's what you're saying. This is not who I am. I'm a new creation. This has to go. God has forgiven me, and it's over. He loves me. On these articles, I see people, for the first time since that thing, get in touch with his love. Because they just come forward and dare believe that he'll forgive them. Because all this time, they haven't believed that he can love them that much. And they relate the effects of the sin to the sin itself. I asked the Lord, why is this different, Pastor? I said, why do I make this a separate article and not just pray for the sick? He said, because people believe they earned and deserved the mark. I'll tell you, Jesus earned a different mark for you. It's called righteousness. Righteousness. <laughs> So here's what we're going to do. I'm not a glitzy guy. I'm a real simple guy. I'm a Jesus guy. If you fit that description, don't be ashamed. Don't think twice. If you're carrying the mark of yesterday's mistake. There's marriages that got hurt by this. like a spouse came into a marriage and the other spouse, they have to hurdle that thing. Or it's now both spouse. I'm telling you, that thing can leave your marriage tonight because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter where you were when you were 17. It matters where you are now that you're 37 and you know he's the Lord. Because you're not 17 anymore. You're 37 and you're his and he makes all things. Now. Yes. Memory, organ damage. You could have smoked your whole life and you finally got a grip on it, and you just you're <laughs> you're not smoking anymore, and you're like, I I beat this thing, yeah. but you know your lungs. Aren't okay. I'm telling you. He gives new lungs. I've seen it. I've seen too much. I'm just done with debating. (laughs) I've seen too much to change my mind. But I haven't seen enough. We're going to keep seeing more. So if you fit that description. Come on up here. It won't have to get so super late. Get up here quickly. (laughs) Quickly. If you just line up and receive his love right now. Just line up right here. Just line up. Just begin to thank God that he loves you. This isn't just a ministry thing. This is you and Jesus thing. Some of your tears will begin to hit you just because it's time for you to realize he's not mad. He doesn't judge you. He loves you. Come on, if you could do different, if you could go back and do different, you would. Yeah? So I guess I'm not talking to the one that we're remembering, huh? Talking to somebody new. That's a big deal. You guys with me on this? So you guys are all fit in this description? You ain't just coming up for hands laid on your impartation because you think I'm anointed? Right? Come on, don't play tricks at the altar. You all fit in this description? Look at me, every one of you, please. Please, this is the only question I need to ask you. And if your answer's the same, it's a good day. God's still merciful, but watch this. If you could go back and change some things you did now that you know what you know, Would you go back and do some things different? Would you? That means you've changed. So now watch this. This is what I've learned about the gospel. God won't judge us for where we've been. He'll judge us for what we've become. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. He makes all things new. So if where you've been is marking you. And you're a changed person. Then old things have to pass away. And behold. How many things? All. All things. Become what? You. You all fit this description? Am I missing anybody out there? Please run up here if we're missing you. If if you're sitting there because you're afraid of what the person you're sitting with is going to think, just look at them and smile and say, don't think deep on it and just get up here. (laughs) I'm serious. This is a lot of folks. You see how this fits? And I understand we can turn things into testimonies, and I get all that. I've seen four people totally mutilated from suicide attempts, and every single scar disappear from their wrists. It's just fun. Why? He gives fun, man. He makes all things what? You. Now there's a lot of people I don't think I like to lay hands on and sometimes I hear personal things. This is a lot of people. Here's what I think we're just going to do, and we'll see if I... I don't think... Listen, you coming up here is enough. Because when you come up here, the statement you're making is what? This is not who I am. I believe God sees me different. I believe He sees me through the blood. I believe He sees me righteous. I believe He forgives me. And I believe He changes everything. Amen? Amen? Amen. Yeah, I'm proud of all you guys. You have no idea. I saw you really listening. I was glad you ran up. because I could see it was touching your heart. You were like, he's talking to me. We have more than hope. Watch this. If you could go back and change what you did, you would. But watch. But you can't. And without the gospel, that's what? Regret. And that's the world's way, and it produces death. 2 Corinthians 7. God's way is repentance, godly sorrow. Wow, God, if I saw what I saw now and... You say, yeah, but I knew better then, Dan. No, you say you knew better. But if you really knew better, you wouldn't have been there. So now you're a little wiser, a little sharper. You learned a painful lesson, but a lesson nonetheless. So grow from it and be changed, not condemned. Are you all hearing me? Come on, man. Lift your hands to him right now. Personally, get real, get personal. Don't wait for me. Just say, thank you for loving me. Thank you that you forgive me of everything I've ever done. You love me. You don't judge me. Come on, it's so healthy for the body to start praying this way. You don't judge me. You love me. I'm righteous in your sight. You've forgiven me of all sin. Not some sin. All sin. The law of the Spirit of life that comes through Jesus Christ has made me free From the law of sin and death, thank you for making me clean, spirit, soul, and body before you as if I have never sinned. I receive your love. I receive wholeness. Thank you, Jesus. Just keep your hands raised and stay before him. Father, I just thank you for this crowd of folks that came running front to receive your mercy. Mercy come in this house. That's right. Mercy come and make all things new. Make all things new. It's good, guys. It's the mercy of heaven. It's good. He it changes things, He makes you new. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. He makes all things new. The mercy of the Lord. The mercy of the Lord. Yeah. The mercy of the Lord. Come in this place, loving Father. Man, he makes all things new. No, we'll be all right. I ain't touching nobody. I didn't know. (laughs) I know better now. It's the mercy of the Lord. Yeah, I got to touch him. I got to touch him on the chest. It's just a new believer and God's doing something. In Jesus' name. The mercy of the Lord. It's good, man. That's good. You stand there and you receive this. I'm telling you, he's washing through you. And he's taking away your yesterday. Do you know why he's taken away your yesterday? Because of the word of God. Corinthians says he's given you the present and things to come. Why did he take away your yesterday? Because he paid for it. It's his. It's not yours. Don't you ever look back. You're not lots. You're his. Look up. I bless you, son. Spirit of God, come upon him and mark him for destiny and glory. I thank you there's no turning back, not even a thought, not even a Not even a thought. I thank you he doesn't have to fear going back to those days. I thank you, God, that everything changes. That you put a confidence in him that's not arrogance. Don't let him fear this confidence, God. Some would say it's arrogance. It's not. It's confidence. You've been changed. You've been set free. And truly, the Spirit of God is upon you.
0: You have been listening to an audio message from Dan Moeller presented at Rock City Church in the beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. Thank you so much for taking time to listen. Please visit us whenever you're in town. And our prayer is that you'll continue to be inspired and wind-driven in all that you do. Stay fired up!